We are the Society for Healthcare Innovation. This is our interview series. Today, we are lucky to have Struli Dvorsky, the CEO and founder of Taylor Med. Before we get started, I do want to read a quick statement from our society that addresses all that is happening in the world around us. While COVID-19 continues to threaten the world, the events of the last several weeks and months have reminded us yet again of systemic racism and health inequities. As a society dedicated to innovation in healthcare, we find it impossible to ignore the reason for the healthcare inequities that are embedded within the fabric of societies around the world. We are determined to inspire our community to use innovation as a means of addressing social determinants and other factors that contribute to the inequality of care and health among minorities and disadvantaged populations. We stand together with the victims of injustice and call for reflection, but more importantly, for action. Srula, thank you again for joining us. Hey, Corey, thanks for having me. So as a starting point, I think it would be great if you could give a quick overview of TaylorMed. Sure, so um, TaylorMed is a healthcare tech company uh, founded by Adam Seaton, our CDO and my co-founder and me about four years ago. Um, and we basically built the company in order to address the challenges related to cost of care. Um, basically, for us, everything that stems from the fact that patients have really high out-of-pocket expenses uh, for whatever the treatment they're uh, uh, requiring, especially in around, around chronic and critical conditions. Um, and we began uh, early on by focusing on both the patient's perspective and the provider's perspective. Um, and have built a very comprehensive solution to try and tackle what is now called financial toxicity, which we can talk more about, which basically represent the challenges from both a financial but also a clinical uh, perspective for patients and uncompensated care, which basically represents the challenges for revenue collections from uh, the provider's perspective. Um, the company has an automated um, system that basically finds resources of you know, alternative revenue for the hospital, uh, and the beneficiary is the patient, meaning that instead of having the patient pay the thousands and tens of thousands of dollars they need for whatever the care they require, we are finding them other alternative like foundation grants, governmental plans, pharmacopoeia cards, and even optimizing their insurance coverage. Um, so that's the one. So in addition to taking some of the financial burden off of patients, are you finding scenarios where a patient would have had to stop receiving care for a certain condition that you're now able to allow that patient to continue to um, experience? For sure, and I think that uh, that's basically what the term financial toxicity is. So if just to quote a few metrics around that, uh, early on when we started, we focused on the oncology uh, area and, and some metrics around cancer care. Um, on the financial side, patients with cancer are more than two and a half times likely to go bankrupt than a usual um, American. Um, but also there is a very high correlation of higher mortality of those who are financially distressed. Um, and the main trigger for that is lack of adherence. Basically, if you are, um, you know, we heard some very discouraging uh, sentence uh, once about patients that rather be buried under dirt than under debt. Uh, which basically means that patients are sometimes waiving pay or discarding their treatment because of their inability to even go into the office 
to get the copy for the physician, not to mention high-cost specialty drugs. So for sure, we're seeing that uh, as a widespread phenomena, not only in oncology, uh, even in lower like uh, price points for diabetes, uh, for example, patients um, who are indigent, having a very hard time to renew their prescription. And, you know, Corey, we are speaking now at the midst of the COVID pandemic and what's going on in terms of um, uh, unemployment rates going up, uh, uninsurance rates going up, and all of that contributing to a lower propensity to pay from patients is actually just exacerbating that. And we are very concerned about the patients that are, you know, having less of an access to care, I would say. For a lot of startups, COVID-19 has made things very challenging, but I imagine in an age where hospitals are struggling to find sources of revenue with elective surgeries paused uh, and a number of other factors at play, that this may have actually boosted adoption of of the TaylorMed software. Would would you say that's accurate? So I think that definitely um, it wasn't hard to find like, uh, the audience for the need before, and it's even more uh, widely adopted the concept that something needs to be done in order to lower the financial burden to patients, but also from the hospital's perspective to make sure that they are um, recovering more potentially lost revenues, especially about about 50% of the revenues uh, were lost because of uh, uh, seizing electric procedure. Um, it's definitely a challenge for them to try and adopt new technologies when everything that is going on makes them very, very tight on their budgets and their resources. And even some of our existing clients are fairly impatient, uh, fairly staff because of the financial uh, uh, issues that the hospital has. But I think that I'm surprised, positively surprised to see that they do put that as a very high priority. Um, and we have been able not only to go live with all of our customers that were in the funnel, we actually are onboarding more and more new customers during the pandemic. So uh, I think that it's, uh, it's a time for a company like us to put together um, and, you know, a proposal for those types of partners that will be more um, sensitive about where they are and build a longer term relationship. Um, and, and that's what we do. And I think that it's helping them uh, execute something for, that is in the forefront of their priorities. I wonder if you could take us through two scenarios. The first would be the patient journey, what it's like for a patient with and without tailor med as they navigate the financial challenges of, of care. And the second would be from a health system perspective, perhaps looking at a subset of patients, how tailor med helps to alleviate some of the payment issues that the hospital faces. Sure. So I, I can give you an example of a multiple sclerosis patient uh, just um, Recently, we've heard a story from one of the patients that were uh, actually uh, benefiting from our uh, service. Uh, they are treating in one hospital uh, system, actually a university hospital in uh, Georgia. Um, and that patient wasn't able to afford the chronic uh, care that she needs. Uh, it's a high-cost IV product. Um, and she was extremely um, concerned about the fact that she could not take the new uh, refill, or in that case, like the new administration or the new the, the next cycle. Um, what we did is that instead of the patient simply coming to the financial counselor, if there is one, and in that case there wasn't any, or waiving that uh, uh, treatment altogether, our system basically pulls data from the EMR 
and from the billing system. We compile those two in order to create a very comprehensive patient profile that allows us to project the out-of-pocket expenses for all of the patient population within a health system. And that allows us to pull the subset of patients that are more vulnerable. And she was part of that subpopulation. Uh, and basically what happened is one of our financial navigators proactively approached her saying, we see that there is a big bill coming up and there is an opportunity that can offset that bill for you that will give you only $25 copay. And she was amazed. She came into treatment. She obviously got that treatment, reported back to us, actually through uh, the health system, uh, that that was something that she otherwise couldn't have afforded. From the hospital perspective, uh, and that basically for us, you know, that makes our day. Uh, and the team was excited to get that feedback. But if you took a look at that hospital system uh, in a high level view, they are seeing thousands of patients a day and like, let's say, tens of thousands a year uh, altogether. Being able to know which patients are expected to have a billing risk from the provider's perspective and making sure that the team, whether it's in-house or our team, works on those cases in order to first maintain the revenue stream and also make it um, shorter in terms of the collection time, increases their first increases the number of patients that are, able, that, are, that they are able to assist between times three to times five, what they've done before. And that has almost a direct correlation to the revenue increase that they are able to essentially recoup. Um, and, and, for, and for us, that was key when forming the company. There is a clear win-win between the patient who is benefiting from getting the care and the direct bottom line increase that we are implying on the, our partners. So did I hear you correctly? The hospital has a three to five times higher rate of being able to recoup funds with TaylorMed as opposed to without? Yeah. Seeing now more and more adoption of our system um, in um, primary care, uh, whether it's for drugs like um, insulin and Eliquis and different, even like lower cost drugs, but are taken for a longer period of time. Um, and that's something that is growing within our uh, provider network. But we are also starting to look not only within the provider space, but explore other opportunities. Because if you think about it, the phenomenon of having patients have very high out-of-pocket expenses will also impact employers and pharma and payers from different angles, don't get me wrong. But what we've built is a very strong technology that with slight uh, variations can serve as a hub within the entire ecosystem. And it's, that's for us from you know, the opportunity to expand is, um, is very promising. And we're going into that more and more nowadays. Just from your perspective at a higher level working with these health systems, how do you think this pandemic is going to change the way revenue cycle is run? I think it's a great question. I think it's a bit early to say. Um, I think that um, most of uh, our partners in kind of in the stop the bleeding phase, uh, meaning that they are only investing in what's essential from their perspective. Um, and I'm guessing it's going to, you know, on the one hand, you can argue that telemedicine is going to have a significant impact on how they approach care. Um, I think that there will be a peak and then it will plateau on a different level. Um, and I'm not sure that what we are seeing now in terms of uh, payer reimbursement will continue as it is very 
flexible at the moment. Um, and I think that from a revenue perspective, uh, going back to your question, um, there is a trend that I'm guessing will continue uh, to make sure that both payers but also patients have um, you know, a proof of payment uh, as early as possible in the episode of care, whether it's through um, uh, upfront uh, payments, um, prior authorizations to make sure that like coverage is, uh, is, uh, uh, is for sure. And, um, that's kind of my take on that. I think that we're going to see new vehicles of funding for patients, uh, that for us are new tools that will be onboarded on our platform just to make sure that we are able to, you know, optimize in all different variations of, uh, financial opportunities. Um, and I think that um, something that started before COVID will continue afterwards is, so, is also some, time, some type of consumerization of that process. It is extremely difficult to understand an EOB, uh, evidence of benefits for patients getting like, you know, I just heard a story from uh, Seattle about a patient that got um, like, I think, I think 100 pages worth of EOB for their COVID uh, uh, um, treatment. By the way, the patient didn't have to pay anything, but he didn't know that because it was covered fully by the payer. So I think that those trends will continue uh, around revenue cycle. Um, but the problem still remains that the cost sharing dynamics between patients and payers are shifting more to patients. So whatever the tools are, and ourselves included, the problem is still there. Yeah, certainly the trend is towards uh, greater out-of-pocket costs for patients. Can we pivot a little bit? I'd like you to talk about what inspired you to start TaylorMed in the first place. Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting story. So I um, my background came from medical device, actually in the neurology space. Um, I spent ten years in a device company, um, and during that time, I was also the caregiver of six members of my family who were diagnosed with cancer, uh, and. After leaving that company, it started to get an itch to try and do something with my day job, which is technology, and the patient I had to helping others getting better, better access to care. Um, eventually, I found myself drawn more into the convergence of healthcare and finance, uh, both because of the immense challenges patients have there, but also from a venture perspective, I saw you know, how we can actually influence a lot of lives by growing a very big company. Are there other companies that automate financial navigation from end to end? And if so, how does TaylorMed's offering compare with those companies' offerings? Sure. So I definitely think that um, when looking at different solutions, some doing fantastic work in trying to get patients better access to care like we do, uh, we took a different approach, I think. We, we really believe that being able to build a full patient profile, not only what is the drug that the patient is taking, but what is the coverage and the benefit. And by that, being able to project out-of-pocket expenses allows us to take the concept of financial navigation, which is basically what we do, and change it to be proactive. Proactiveness means that you are not waiting for someone to find an assistance for a patient, but actually the system finds the patients with the highest financial risk and financial uh, vulnerability, and then by predictive analytics, based on the technology that we have done, are able to drive more assistance 
collect more revenue, and at the end of the day, deliver a significantly higher ROI than competitors. Um, this is also, an, and it was, by the way, uh, a side effect or like a byproduct, I would say, that we have built, I think, the most comprehensive out-of-pocket uh, calculator in um, uh, critical care. We are projecting episode of care level estimations, which are starting to be used by most of our partners for transparency. And that allows them to have insights in depth that they didn't have before. Um, and I think that it really depends on how, you know, a prospective customer looks at the field. If they want to have something that eventually delivers, you know, higher ROI, a platform that is not only one specific feature, they should choose us. And I think that that's the main difference. Sulik, I think what you've built is amazing. I know you're a busy guy and very much appreciate you coming on and taking the time to explain TaylorMed. We are the Society for Healthcare Innovation. You can find us on LinkedIn, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at shci.org.